Hey everybody, welcome back to the Make My Day podcast. My name is George LaHoff and I'm joined by my co-host Luke Pretty and Winston Moy. Winston, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing pretty good. Uh, coming into this weekend a little tired, just a lot of work uh, at work and at home. But uh, other than that, doing pretty good. How about you, Luke? Yep, I'm doing good. Um, I'm a little tired as well, but I'm rejuvenated from a family breakfast with uh, my <laughs> in-laws. So I appreciate that by them. And um, yeah, I'm excited to talk with you guys today. What about you, George? Oh, I could use a family breakfast. I'm, I'm doing good <laughs> as well. It's been very, very busy. I'm like ramping up more and more as I'm like, recovering here. So it's just getting like insane. Um, Michelle and I are trying to sell this house and buy a new one closer to like our family. So at the same time that I'm like doing woodworking, I'm also like packing everything into boxes and trying to keep all of my making stuff functional <laughs> and, but you gotta like take photos and stuff of the house you know so it's gonna be it's just a little complicated a lot going on so i'm just working on bouncing more than i think i'm used to but I, all in all a good thing at the end of the day <laughs> i can't remember the maker's name but uh he's made his shop within one of those shipping containers you might want to kind of look uh, into be design yeah Wobie, man. yeah his stuff is awesome um yeah, you put everything in there, and then you could be mobile, still get all the shots you need of the house and uh, whatnot, but I'm not trying to add more to your plate. No, no, I mean, honestly, I've thought of, like, everything under the sun like that. I'm probably going to be moving, like, all my 3D printers to my closet, I think. That way it's, like, at least it's not, like, out here. Because the whole goal of, like, taking pictures, I guess, is to make it just look yeah. not cluttered and as roomy as possible so other people will want it. So I'm, I just got to like hide things. I'll probably down like I'll probably put away two printers and just keep one or two functional. I don't need all four, I guess, in mm-hmm. the time we're trying to deal with this. Hopefully, hopefully I don't need all four. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, it's been good. Just just ramping up and, and I'm very happy. Yesterday, um, Friday, I got to like work in the shop all day, had the garage door open because it was like a beautiful day. So Getting getting back to it, man. It feels good. <laughs> yeah, that's what I, I saw your story. I was like, oh, that must feel great for you, right? With your recovery and everything oh, coming yeah. along. So that Had was cool Ruby on the driveway and everything. Yeah. It was just felt felt back to normal. <laughs> Ruby the receptionist. Yeah, Ruby. <laughs> exactly. It's really funny though, cause I made that I made that post because um our neighbors love Ruby. Um so for everybody listening, Ruby's my shop dog. Um and She's a, a little defensive, but all of our neighbors absolutely love her. Like, and they all want to pet her because she's cute. But she gets very defensive. And so, one of our neighbors comes over, who's another maker, and he does like metal signs and stuff, and he's really cool. And she's out there in the front, and instantly like starts growling and barking. He's like, "Hey, Ruby, you're so cute!" Like, wanted to pet her and everything. Like, yeah, I don't think she, I don't think it's a good time right now. <laughs> the reception is is busy, <laughs> so. Uh, but yeah, just, just felt good. Just, just another nice. good day. <laughs> yeah. Nice. What's the timeline for your move? Um, honestly, we're, so I'm trying to get the house ready now so that it, cause the market's so tough that like, if we find something that's the perfect, you know, fit, like price wise, location wise, we want to be able to be able to sell this house and buy, it's going to be so complicated because I'd really like to use the sale of this house to buy that one, but it doesn't always work out. Right. And, Mm -hmm. and so if honestly, I'd I'd move next month if I could, you know, we've got a lot of the house boxed up. It's really just um, like my office here in the shop and stuff like that, that you're kind of going to be not not boxed up until the the end of it. (laughs) Another question is, 
is the shop, you know, one of the higher priority items? Is Michelle okay with, you know, changing things or is that kind of the point? So shop is definitely priority, but I would like, I'm thinking it'd be nice to have garages where we could actually park a car, you know, for like winter and stuff like that. And, and honestly, New Jersey, I don't know if, I guess a lot of listeners might not know this. Winston, you might not know this. There's been like an insane amount of car thefts, like in the area, like my area, the area we're trying to move to, like, like by insane, I mean like almost every day or every other day you're seeing like police mention like these people that come up, try to steal cars and they're trying to like ship them overseas and stuff. And it's, it's, it's just been wild. I won't go too into it because it just gets, gets nuts with why it's happening. But so having a garage would be nice for that. Um, so for the shop, um, I would really like to have a space in the backyard where I could actually get like a two story shed, you know, like eight to 10 grand type of thing. One of those, like just put it in there, um, pre-built, ready to go. I could have like the 3d printers in there, the glow, like everything just in my shop. Right. I'll, yeah. That's what I want. I'm a hoping to get enough space, space for yeah, dedicated space. Cause you know, it is tough. Like, you know, it is in the garage, so you will get the smells in the house. You will get the the sawdust and stuff. And like, we're gonna want to. You were mentioning Luke that you're trying to grow your family soon, and yeah. we're gonna want to grow our family. And I don't want like to have to have like sawdust particles somehow get through our air, air filtration or anything like that. Stuff like that will just like get in my head, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it'd be nice to separate it. So that yeah. that is a that's a that's up there in in what we want. We want a pool. We like to host a lot of people. So. You guys are always welcome to come over and, and party at the La Hoff's house and everything and, you know, shop and, and some other, you know, yeah. must-haves, I guess. <laughs> Sweet. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, I'll have to keep an eye out for you if I hear anything. And uh, right since we're both within Jersey, maybe I'll hear, hey, people are moving. And um, I hope, sometimes man. that stuff all works out. I'm on Zillow every day. It's just a tough market. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how Winston sure. bought a house. I know it's like the same in California. And, and you bought it when it was tougher. <laughs> Well, tougher in terms of like outright price, but now you're fighting the mortgage rate stuff. Yeah. Because um, like every now and then Leanne jumps on like uh, Redfin and she sees what's on the market and she's like, oh, there's this house near where we were looking. It's only like 800 and uh, I think she said 805. Uh-huh. And I looked at that and like without even like doing the math, I was like, yeah, but their monthly payments are going to be higher. And we paid 925. So even though we paid more um, outright, like their mortgage payments, they're going to pay just as much as us. Mm-hmm. So like it, it's a different kind of battle. Like you're going to be like maybe not on the negotiation side with the seller, but like you got to go to every bank and mm-hmm. like com- lowest rates compete them against each other for sure and, and our mindset and, and you know we'll switch after this probably becoming a mortgage set, but our mindset really for that is um refinancing is going to happen i'll just refinance once it goes down because i did that with this house i got us down to like two percent with this house which is dang yeah it was like at the lowest <laughs> level like yep two percent sold like putting as much money into the house as possible so we could buy another house when we like i, I had that all planned out and that worked out yeah. really well really happy with my life choices during that time so <laughs> so i'm hoping i could do it again <laughs> go back and congratulate past george like, nice job, man. <laughs> yeah. i'm like good job you did what you did something good man <laughs> That's uh, but winston uh, and uh, luke we've told you about this but this weekend is workbench con and i have extreme fomo because i'm not i mean the price tag was like just a little like 
they got so expensive to attend this thing, but seeing it all of our like buddies over there and like posting on Instagram, I got some pretty good FOMO going on. <laughs> <laughs> yep, yeah, for sure. Yeah. But at least everybody's, you know, posting content and whatnot. So you can still kind of feel that you're there. Yeah, you're missing out, but at least you're getting a glimpse of what could be. Uh, do you think you'll go there next year or is it kind I of I want like, to. Yeah. It's always around Michelle's birthday though. Michelle's birthday is the first. And so like we're going to be celebrating it this weekend. So it's like, you know, if they ever shift the dates, it'd make it a lot easier. And the price, I got to find out if it was worth going this year, you know, for that. Like I think it's like seven or $800 now. And then you got to pay for the flights and the hotel. It just yeah. adds up so quickly, man. And then I've never been, but is it always the same location? Or it's do they Atlanta, move? Georgia. Mm-hmm. Um, they first, and I loved the first time they ever did it. It was definitely cheaper because they did this, but it was sick. It was like in um, just like a building, like an empty building, um, almost like a it was like warehouse. an old industrial site. Yeah, yeah. and it, it was felt sick. like a barn or a warehouse or something. Yeah, it was sick, right? Because it's like you're there with builders and stuff, and it's like this is like what anybody would want to be working in right now, you know. So, yeah. um, and then I guess because. That required some type of transportation. Now they moved it to the hotel where a lot of people stay. There's like um, they run out the room there and and do it in, in one of these um, like a whole floor almost. I think yeah, that's but it's probably starting to feel like year. just any other professional conference. Exactly. Right? Yeah. So so it got tough to to decide to go. Hopefully we'll see what they do next year. You know. Um, yeah, you know, we'll I was see. watching uh, a couple stories like on my Instagram feed, and I was like, the the stories from like the actual conference. I was like, yeah, I pretty much know what to expect, but it's the ones of like the the get-togethers, like after that's the, the, the show right? or like the dinners. That's where you really want to be because like that's where you can actually talk about like things that are like not just on like the the conference uh, schedule, but like just anything, any shop life things and. I guess uh, our little podcast is going to have to be that for us uh, this week. I mean, that works for me. I'll take it. But it's great. So I was watching the videos as well, and they were showing it live. And the one thing they cannot get right year after year, and it's it's horrible, is the sound. I, they, there's a speaker up there on a microphone. And even from the live and the Instagram, like really close, you can't hear this person like in the in the auditorium room. It's like everybody complained about that. And it's like the third year since you've done it. And it's not better. Like... That's so pretty major. That's just like every conference. So how are we in the 21st century with <laughs> chat GPT, yet we don't have our sound ever figured out? That seems to be a recurring problem. We just had an assembly this weekend at school. Awful. There's kids really? like, I can't hear anything. You know, it's like, yeah, you're right. Um, they're working on it. But yeah, it's wherever you go, there's always this sound issue. It's like, how? How in the world? <laughs> just set it up like a movie theater right like in a movie yeah. theater you could you got the like all the speakers and and you got it so that everybody anywhere hears like the same type of effect like think about it like from that type of perspective versus yeah. uh how cheap can we have like two speakers up front reach the back room you know like come on yeah, yeah. you know it would probably be a really killer product to have like an ai powered microphone oh, yeah. where it would just automatically reject like feedback because it always seems like the the events where you can actually hear well they're like inches away from just killer feedback from like the microphone and the speakers but i don't know either we need better microphones or like smarter speaker placement 
Um, well, did you guys see the I'm, new Ryobi? I think they have those clamp-on 18-volt speakers that can all connect to each other now. Dude, you got to check it out. I'm Somebody just posted it. Yeah, do it. Uh, because Winston, as you were saying that, I was like, man, those speakers with some sort of programming of what you said, that might be Ryobi's next big thing right there. You just got to kind of get on that. <laughs> Start talking to ChatGPT later tonight. See if it'll write that program for you. <laughs> But speaking yeah. of all that, does kind of segue into. I was going to say it's a good segue, had, right? <laughs> right George? So last week we had talked about what tool you would want. Now we were just bringing up some improvements to, you know, WorkbenchCon and um, other things like that. So uh, what improvements of an existing tool, I guess, that you already have, George? Is that it, or just one that exists out there? Um, what are some improvements you would want in a tool? Um, I'll let you guys start because I was having trouble thinking of one. I was on mute. <laughs> I'll go ahead and start um, because I I brought up the topic because I was like thinking about it with stuff I was doing. So I'm building a, a vinyl record table uh, for a client and I've been really into using dowel joinery recently because it's really strong. Um, it's evidently like a, a lot stronger than biscuit joinery, which actually makes sense the more I thought about it. Um, but I've got this like... Um, it's like a cheaper like Rockler dowel join um, uh, alignment tool. So you just line it up with the mark, right, for your piece of wood. And then you have to clamp it on. You drill your hole. You move to the next one, next one, next one. And I'm like, the amount that you actually have to do is like exhausting, right? Doing that over and over again. The clamp falls off constantly. You have to keep doing it. And it's just taking me like way longer than it should. Um, so... I was thinking to myself, man, I really like, I like instantly I thought of like the perfect dowel joining jig and I went online and I found one that's cool and I ordered it cause it's going to make me go faster, but it's not the perfect solution. So I thought that'd be really cool if to hear what you guys thought of tools to improve it. But for the dowel one, right. Self centering is a must. And so anybody that's going to go get yourself a dowel joinery jig, don't buy like the rocker one. It, you, it, um, it only gets flush with one edge. So there's no way you could self center. And so when you're putting together, when you're doing it, you actually have to have to constantly flip between your wood. Why this makes it longer is because when you're putting up your boards, right. And you're marking where they should align, you now have to flip it over, make sure that those lines on the back that you just flipped over are still together and then mark the other ones so that you could do the holes from both sides. And when you put it together, it's centered. Like you actually have to flip it over, right? The self-centering jigs out there, and there are some, and that's what I ordered. A lot, they clamp from both sides so that the middle is always in the center of where the two edges are in your board. So you just have to do it from one side and it'll be centered every time. That was one like key thing that I'm like, okay, this Rockwell thing is like, it's two to four times longer simply because I have to do that. But now even this new jig, um, what I love about it, it actually has a clamp on it, which is going to save me from having to use an, like a separate clamp. That's huge. But there's nothing on the market that is like 12 inches long or 24 inches long that you can just put up against a long board, right? And maybe you could have it so that you turn a knob that moves where the holes are, um, like equidistance across the board. And so you can now just clamp it on once, drill, 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 
you're good with that board. Go to the one, drill, 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 and then you could use dial joinery. There's nothing like that out there. You can only do it one hole at a time for most of these, sometimes two holes, and then you have to reposition, align to the next hole, reposition, align to the next hole. If you just made one mark with this like tool that is like, you know, set for it on each board and just hooked it up so that it fits across the entire thing and drilled dowel joinery, uh, the, the holes, it would be so fast. It's ridiculous. Like, I can't believe it doesn't exist out there. It was driving me nuts. Like, so I, yeah. that's why I wanted to bring that topic up. Cause like, if that existed, not only me as like a small maker, like businesses, I'm sure businesses probably use robots and stuff like that or whatever, <laughs> but, but you know, handmade businesses, I guess would like, just benefit from that like hugely have you considered 3d model or like you know 3d printing i have um i don't want to get into manufacturing i see a lot of people actually like getting pretty successful doing stuff like that but i would just like i would do it for myself and like for the community probably but like i wouldn't try to sell because then you know somebody would just rebuff my design and i'll just get crossed like a cockroach or something you know at that point so um and also it would be pretty well, I don't think it'd be too hard to figure out the self-centering thing. That's just, you know, clamping from both edges and then it's, um, you know, being centered with um, some rods, right? Um, but yeah, it, it'd be, it drives me nuts. It, it'd be huge. <laughs> yeah. I, I've never done, I've done dowel joinery, but I've never done something that was precision dowel joinery, I would say. So I just kind of will use the DIY creator's method of, you know, using a nail head or something like that to mark. Um, you ever see something oh, like that? Oh, yeah. So you, okay. Yep, that yeah. Yeah. Like sense. wherever you're going to put it, you kind of. And then you just the drill. Place. You don't use a jig. Oh, wow. Nah, yeah. I, I always feel like I'm close enough for what I'm doing, right? If I were doing some precision furniture or something for a customer, maybe I would go the extra mile, but I've never had the issue of me being, uh, what's that true enough or normal enough to the surface that I'm drilling to that I've always felt like I'm I'm able to make it work. I know that's not perfect, but no, it, I mean, yeah, I that think makes sense. you're able to do it. You know, I, I'm sure you're good enough. Like, you know, when you are perpendicular to a surface, you've done it so many times. Well, now. no, the jig, yeah. the jig does that, right? Sure, the jig sure. is keeping it perpendicular. And that's one of the reasons I use a jig for this is because it saves me like building a like any type of furniture, like mm-hmm. not having to um, like plane the surfaces because they're off a little bit and you need them to be flat. Like this will make them flat because mm-hmm. they're aligning from both edges. They're the same thickness. All I'm going to have to do is sand it afterwards. That's going to save me just so much time. And I don't have a machine long enough, uh, like wide enough for the size of the panels. Yeah. Um, so the jig really helps it be like true to like uh, the same top and bottom like levels i guess when they're joined together yeah now it's just when you were um describing the product i was like oh george uses his 3d printers a lot like i feel like he could print out a bar that has a hole every inch or so and then it would be up to you the maker to be like oh i want my dowels you know three inches apart and i have 24 holes and or whatever the size your printer is um or 12 inches maybe you could get on your bed and then it's just like, okay, I want holes one, four, seven, and uh, 10, or I don't, you know, I'm just spitballing here, but it's kind of like something like that. It could be a set distance, or I feel like I've seen one from Rockler or one of those companies where it has two rods on either side. So depending upon what's it, the board thickness, it kind mm-hmm. of centers itself. So like, I wonder if there's a way 
You could get creative with magnets because I know Winston loves magnets. I was looking at your Pokeball uh, <laughs> um, from the other day because the kids are gonna uh, they're gonna watch that video. They'll love that. Um, but yeah, so I was like, oh, as you're talking, I'm seeing like a 3D printed part that maybe you could kind of use magnets to help you. I don't know, like help you self-center in a way. Help but, it self-center. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I like that idea. It's fun to think about, but I like the what you just is, said. Oh, go ahead, Winston. If you want like a variable distance, like so, I know the that uh, that self-centering jig you're talking about. I forget who makes it. It could be Rockler, it could be Woodpecker Tools or something. Woodpecker, but it's like two like flat bars with uh, little dowels on the ends, and they scissor, and they they locked and clamp down onto a board. So the mm-hmm. center point of those bars is the center of your board, and you could have multiples of those. But then the problem is the spacing between them, right? Exactly, yes. So I feel like you have to strike a compromise. You could design something that's super overly complicated that will work for an (laughs) infinite number of cases. Um, Or like for you, George, like I foresee you using this in a way where you sort of have like a product line, right? You've got maybe like a 24-inch desk, 18-inch like nightstand, something or other. And in production cases like that it's a lot more economical just to make a couple select jigs and like oh i know this on. size i'll use four dowels this size i'll use six dowels and then just manufacture a couple things like that and it could be something as simple as maybe you get two of those self-centering scissor mechanisms and bolt them on the ends of just a like a wooden uh, strip that you machine on the cnc uh, maybe you press some drill bu- uh, bushings in those uh, just to give them some more durability. But then you just you machine a couple of these and you have a template for the common size tables or, uh, I don't know, like anything uh, where you have to put boards together. I mean, I like it. I, I kind of want to try to make this now. Like, because I, I really try to look, I don't see anybody out there with it. And I, It'd be a fun challenge. I've never made anything that self-centers before, and I don't do a lot of mechanical stuff. I've never actually built a product with drill bushings, and I thought, okay, that'd be easy enough probably to make a press fit one and and get it in there. And Maybe I'll try to do it because I really like dowel joinery now. I, I, I used pocket screws before, but it's a pain in the butt to cover them up, and Dowel joining is just like really strong if you're doing it the right way. And, you know, everything's like, you know, use the right thing for the right case and all that. But um, maybe I'll try to make it for that. Uh, oh, and okay. There's one other problem um, with that. And that's when you're doing perpendicular um, joints where um, now you want to drill on not on the edge of the board and you want to be able to guide it on the flat side but you can't clamp that side obviously so you almost need like a right so that's probably where you need two products like a right angled um dowel joint clamp and that probably exists i haven't even looked into it but um well yeah as you were talking about that i started thinking almost of the craig jig and how you will tell it if you're drilling into what is it like half inch three quarter one inch mm-hmm. so something that slides but more so kind of like what winston's saying is depending upon the use cases that you have for it anyway you might have say three different angles um you know angle brackets yeah. and then one is for your half inch uh, that's probably too thin anyway one's for say three quarters one's for an inch one's for one and a half inches 
and then you have the holes are already centered so you don't need it to be self-centering per se because you're probably not really using seven eighths of an inch board yeah, you're not really like milling it beforehand yeah and then you would just it becomes kind of what you were talking about that you need to know which side you've flipped to or that you're um using this bracket on like there would be one face that's always on the face you're not drilling so then you the maker would kind of have to be aware of okay i am trying to um how do i describe this in words without (laughs) uh, but yeah like you would kind of have to know all right i need the holes to be on you know the end grain or the face and then I know that they will align because they're one inch away from the edge oh, I of like that. my bracket that I have. But yeah, I, I bet you could 3D print something. I think so. That, yeah. It's going to drive me nuts. Yeah. I really I really want to now. And, but I want it to be like long. Like I think it should be at least, well, I guess like you guys are saying, different versions, like 112 inches, 124, 136 type of thing. Um, wait a second no print it so that it has like give a you attach and you, yes yeah exactly so it's just a six <laughs> oh, inch that's thing so and you good. need you know you 24 inches you... that you need <laughs> yeah yep oh man guys we're making a, a, a so <laughs> hot product here if rock right, is so listening is you're a... gonna see it released next week while... <laughs> yeah confidential cannot post until we've got the patent on it <laughs> oh man that'd be sick um that's interesting because george as you asked this question i know you had texted it just before we started um i immediately jumped to all right you know is it some sort of thing with a welder or um cnc like i'm thinking these big complicated you know multi-component machinery well and that's now cool you, too yeah no no that, that's the first thing i thought of and then you bring it down to a dow jig and i was like oh wow that's something that you know i i really wouldn't even have thought about it but that's where you're having your issue right now i feel like the world can't have enough jigs you know what i mean like (laughs) the jigs just make life and because they're so low cost right like all these jigs like and they just make your life that much easier if you find the right one for the right use case at the end of the day that's that's why like my mind went because you know i'm sure winston probably went to cnc as well right and you guys probably created like a, a really cool like complex like fancy idea somewhere but for me it's like i just want my when i'm doing stuff with my hands for that to be as easy as perfect as possible with whatever tool i can use to make that as easier as possible i guess mm-hmm. yeah makes sense did Winston. you guys did you guys come up with anything after <laughs> or was it too short notice bro <laughs> no um but so my problem is i'm not sure if i want a tool that's better or if i'm just cheaping out so, for example, I don't know if this is the tool I want to improve, but um, this week I was uh, cutting down a tree, and it's it's only maybe like a five or six inch diameter trunk, but it's still a real pain to, to pull out. And I was using a reciprocating saw with a really old beat up Diablo blade, Oof. and I'm not sure if... I was cheaping out on the blade, granted the blade was free, um, or I need a better reciprocating saw, or like I just need better tools. Or like and a chainsaw. So there, <laughs> yeah, but I mean, so there are times where it could be the tool uh, being lacking, because this the, the reciprocating saw I'm using is one that I brought to work because the shop guys needed to break down some pallets. So it's like it's going through pallet wood, but also nails and, mm-hmm. and random crap. And it's being used by people who just brute force everything. Oh. And like they run it till the motor is smoking. <laughs> so 
there are things that like the reciprocating saw itself is a tool but the blade is a consumable and uh also sandpaper right i don't like i will use sandpaper until it falls apart but it would save me so much more time if i just got a new piece so is it that i need a better tool or i need to learn when to let things go and replace it have you seen john katz moses's video on sandpaper because it is the best study of sandpaper he literally shows you graphs that they created off the whoever created the sandpaper how efficient it was um and like you're saying like how often how long you actually try to make it used for there and and cost is associated with it and there's like two up there and i gotta go back and actually buy this because I, I haven't done it myself that like for the cost you will get like they will work 10 times longer and better and easier for you than like the normal branded sandpapers that like that is a huge like insane factor if you think about how much like sandpaper you use for sanding yep uh i think it was for orbital sanders yeah and i bought it and i still haven't had a chance to use it yet i gotta Um, buy it yeah no that that was the first thing i did i was like (laughs) like he his video is going to spike the price of this product because amazon's gonna see everyone's buying it so i'm buying it on day one (laughs) (laughs) gotta get ahead of the curve yeah yeah, that's one that I would be super interested in because I think I still have some of my first um, discs or like sandpaper discs and they just look like they've taken a beating. But I still always think like, oh, I think it can do its job. You know, mm-hmm. I'll just use this one. I'm only going to sand a small section of it. But yeah, it's it's a tough one. So if you guys get that sandpaper or whatever it is, please send it my way because I could probably use some new uh, new discs for sure. Luke. Yeah. Do we need to make a resolution to each go out into the garage and throw out something that's probably past its uh, best use date? <laughs> yeah, I, it might be almost too easy for me. It's like wherever I look, I could go in there blindfolded, <laughs> open my eyes and be like, oh, all right, that's the thing that needs to go. <laughs> yeah, it, it was rough. Last night, I was getting so frustrated with myself. I was like tripping over different things. Like, this is so bad. I would never let anybody else work in this type of environment. It's just... There's too many random things. I even was complaining to Adrian. I was like, I wrote down this list that I need to go through and put this in the shed, this in the trash, um, take the cabinet sound. Like I have this whole thing of kind of like first step, got to do this. But hey, I'll I'll take you up on that and we can uh, make a resolution to throw something away. <laughs> Sounds I, good. I, I won't do the easy way out and do the discs or sandpaper discs. I'll do that, but on top of something else. <laughs> um, That's awesome. Yeah. Well, I really couldn't come up with anything though i i was very much drawing a blank because i'm so focused on the school like the laser Mm. uh cutter the 3d printer and then now the cnc all of my thoughts just keep going to these types of devices and there's so many videos out there right like i feel like i'm watching the different videos i got the laser at school working on the 3d printer at school vinyl cutter at school so like everything's up and running at the school the kids are super hyper or hyped up about it and which is making me excited to use that stuff. Um, but when I come back home, I'm almost like drained. And so I'm like, oh, can I do this? Am I able to do it? So I get the CNC almost up and running. I still can't get my little Maui. Uh, I saw your thing. story for oh, that. So yeah. close. I, I was very frustrated. But it's because I'm, I, I think I'm skipping over or I'm like watching the videos too quickly or saying like, okay, I know what the next step is. I'll just go for it. Mm-hmm. And like, I'm trying to learn from my mistakes. To learn. <laughs> and then I'm getting frustrated, you know, like, oh, I should have just watched the next like two minutes of the video and I would have seen it. But like little things like uh, finding the origin 
and you know making sure that i have the correct zero like that's what happened last night i'm pretty sure i would have had the proper settings and everything i'm pretty sure it would have worked um, and then little things like the tabs. I thought I had selected the tabs, but then there were no tabs made or I didn't properly zero it again. So, you know, like there's all these little things that I'm learning about it, but I'm not getting that satisfaction that I can be like, hey, check it out. I did it. I, you know, cut this and this is exactly what I was hoping for. Uh, even yesterday when I finally hit print like or start. Uh, I'm like watching. I'm like, all right, it's going, it's going. And then I see it's coming near the end. I'm like, this isn't going to work. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> like, please just don't break. And I eventually hit stop because I'm like, it's going through. Like, I can already tell it's going to go through and hit the scrap um, board or the waste board. And so, yeah, I'm just like, I feel like the improvement I need is almost like an assistant just walking me through it. Kind of like how there are prompts on Carbide Motion saying, you know, are you ready to resume? Have you put the bit in? Like oh, that nice. kind of stuff. Um, for me right now, with trying to get used to this software, along with, you know, like two or three other um, softwares, where some of them are like click, you know, file print, some of them are open tool, whatever, I'm almost getting them confused or mixed up that I just kind of need a checklist. Like my my improvement is for me, I need almost to, to write out what I did to successfully get the part I wanted out. And that's what I've done at mm. school for my, my machines that I just set up. So I'm trying to write notes down for myself for the CNC, which I see other people have, but as I learn the vocab, I'm able to add that into my notes. So it's almost like I'm the crash course that Carbide has. Like I need to kind of go through that and um, what's it like? sift through it by myself until I actually understand it. So I don't have an improvement for a tool right now, more so than just me actually understanding how to properly use it, so, if that makes sense. The so, difficult thing for you is that you're coming from a background where you've seen so many other tools work and you're trying to mm -hmm. uh, fit them to your model of how a CNC works. <laughs> and like the first time I used a vinyl cutter, I was like, whoa, this interface, it's its pretty slick. And like, it's cool. Like with the Glowforge, you can see like on your bed where you want to cut. And CNC has never really had something like that. So like there's this mental hurdle, like with the origin, with setting your, your Z height, do you want to cut at the top or the bottom? Um, and knowing exactly where things are, or if you just turn on the machine and you hit cut without setting your zero, it just cuts in the wrong spot. Um, there... There's a lot of, like, I've got a pretty good mental checklist, uh, but I know if I was uh, using multiple machines that all worked a little differently, that sometimes I might forget a step or, like, mm -hmm. yep. like you'd get confused. And this is probably not a podcast topic that we were meaning to go into, but, like, this is a problem that we've thought about at the Carbide, where, like, machinists have a traditional way they're looking at things but like your DIYer with a vinyl cutter they're going to look at our system and think wow this is super archaic and there there are ways with software where we could kind of almost sort of resolve some of these differences like we build the machines we know exactly how big the machines are so like maybe in our preview we could show like the machine in the background and stuff mm -hmm. but it's like until you actually have a camera or like like a little touch probe to know exactly where the material is, like what you see isn't what you get. 
and what you see is what you get with a laser or with a vinyl cutter. So I hear you, Luke. There, there's a lot of places where you could go wrong and you've got a lot on your plate. Uh, so I think you'll get there. I think by the next podcast, you'll have a success. <laughs> yeah, but that's what I'm hoping. There's, there's definitely a lot of uh, stuff uh, that you got to like just organize in your head and figure out like one workflow is different from another. And yeah. uh, once you, you do it a couple times, it'll hopefully start to stick. And that's really the biggest thing. It's really like anything else, right? Like once you do it correctly, you almost get that satisfaction of, oh, this is the order mm -hmm. that you do it. Um, now I understand why you do it in that order. But yeah, I'm kind of like positive fumbling. reinforcement. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So, yeah, I just think it's funny that as I'm doing it, it's I, I can feel the hesitation of myself. Like if something's not right, I don't think I should click run just yet. But if I don't click run now, when am I going to click run? So I was like, right, let's just go for it and just watch it. Make sure I, I got it. like my, my whole like safety shield on, like staring real close at it. Like, all right, anything going to go wrong? No. Okay. We're still good. And then I start getting a little nervous. I'm sweating like, uh, no, it's about to hit. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm just kind of, I see it as something more so than the laser where uh, things could go wrong. And I just don't want to um, like break something or anything like that. That's, I guess, my biggest thing. I know it can be fixed, but I'd rather not see that as the the hurdle. Like I really do just want to try to take it one step at a time. So really what I was thinking for my next task, instead of having it cut something out, just almost like engrave or whatever and then i will do the cutting on like a scroll saw or um jigsaw to like get the part cut out and then i can you go could... like <laughs> sorry about that guys <laughs> <laughs> i will mute myself so you can keep talking <laughs> um so for cases where like you're not quite sure your material's a little warped or something uh, you don't need to fully cut the part out like cut like 80 percent of the way through mm -hmm. and then the scroll sawing will be much easier um, the other thing I would suggest just as a test uh, to see how well you have the, the height dialed in and stuff is just have a program where you uh, machine like a maybe a one inch diameter circular pocket and just have that go to the bottom of your material and see how close you come to just kissing your wasteboard. Mm -hmm. um, and that's a quick, easy test. You don't need to worry about tabs or anything. You're just cutting a hole in a larger piece of material that's still solidly clamped in. So you don't need to worry about like, oh, it's gonna like fly out at the end or like, am I using like enough tape or whatever? It's it's just a really simple test. Hey, I think my material is half an inch. Is my machine cutting half an inch? Am I setting my zero exactly half an inch above the wasteboard? Mm -hmm. uh, so just super simple, like, like bring it back to the basics. Just cut a simple feature where you don't have to worry about work holding or anything else about the part flying off. Just see, am I cutting where I think I'm cutting? Am I cutting as much as I want to cut? Mm -hmm. uh and uh i don't know i think build up from that and if you're afraid uh or if you're just curious if you did it right i honestly will run it without the piece there all the time without the router on run it as like 200 speed whatever just let it fly through and see if it looks like it's doing the right job and see like where the z ends at like if you have the time to let that happen yeah um but uh to a bunch of things you guys said so winston you should take a look at um, the Maker Made CNC actually had a really cool thing in their GUI when they ran the CNCs. It actually shows the path of the design, which I really liked so that, you know, sometimes when you're cutting through a piece of wood or something, you're wondering, 
okay, am I at the bottom of the design? Because I'm at the bottom of the wood. Like, is this going to just, you know, tear? Like, did I not do this properly? Should I just stop here and save myself time? And it was kind of cool to see it as it progresses. Um, you'd see, like, the actual um, milling path as, as it progresses on the computer at the same time. I really liked okay. that feature. But... So Oh, good. Uh, the real-time visualization uh, is a good touch. Um, carbide motion isn't quite there yet, but uh, the latest versions, when you load a program, it shows a preview of the toolpath. Um, so it oh, shows like update it. just a <laughs> top-down, a front view, um, kind of an like ISO that. view, and it gives you a summary, uh, especially in cases where you're setting Z at the um, bottom of your workpiece. It'll tell you how far below your origin, your toolpaths will go. Oh, that's um, good. That's a good So that, that's also, a, like, those are all a good gut check. Um, because nowadays, like, I'm setting my zero front right corner, front left corner, back right corner. And so that visualization of where the origin is relative to where the toolpath is um, makes it easier to, like, just, like, open a file and know where to start cutting from. So it would actually be pretty nifty if... And I don't think I've seen anybody, and I, I know this would cause complications, but it'd be pretty nifty if you could um, also add into the CNC a feature that says, hey, touch touch the wasteboard, right? And set that as the the the, the Z before, you know, the, the, the machine's Z equals zero. So that when you load the program and you put your Z equals zero for the top of the machine, it might throw an error that says, hey, you're going to hit the wasteboard, you know, you're a little bit off or something like that. I wonder, that sounds like a little bit of overkill, um, but maybe it's like a check in the box if you want to like use that feature. Cause I, I normally will like eat into my wasteboard. I'm fine like with touching it. I actually like a little bit of onion skin off the wasteboard so that I don't have to go back onto the piece of machine. Like I hate going back and having to use a, like um, a bandsaw or whatever yeah. to, to clean up the piece. Um, that, that'd be pretty nifty as well. It's not overkill. Um, so I'll tell you oh, that yeah. <laughs> um, on the Datron that I use at work, which is a $100,000 CNC, <laughs> um, that controller has built-in protected zones. So there's a tool mm -hmm. changer, and it won't let you crash into the tool changer when you're machining. Um, and you can also set, uh, because we have a vacuum table on it, which is also pretty expensive, uh, you can set a zone so that it will never plunge lower than that height. So you'll That's never cut into it. Very mm -hmm. smart. So like these features are like, they're legitimately out there. Um, they're just not at the lower level yet. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. But personally, I think it'd be a great addition. Yeah. Yeah. That's where I guess I almost thought there would be limit switches that yeah. you would be able to say like, oh, it's never going to plunge in there. But I've already, like when I changed the router last night, remember I had uh, swapped the Makita for the DeWalt. Yep. So now I was going back to the So now it was Makita. lower than the, probably the... the... <laughs> so, so I put the Makita on there and I'm like, oh, I, I forget now which way I had the cord going or you guys had the cord. So I'm like, all right, I'll put it this way. And I check in, I'm like, I think everything's fine. It goes to check its uh, Z Ooh, limit like at the and top. It the and it's like, do, 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 do. Yeah. I'm like, oh, stop that. <laughs> I'm like, oh shit, was like, what did I do here? And then, so I go back and I see like, oh, okay, I, I see what I did. So it's like one of those small little fixes that until you do it, then, you know, it doesn't become part of your checklist. I get it. Um, but yeah, like, I guess I didn't know, like, it's so many of those things that really you don't know about it until it happens. Yeah. And so now it's just one of those things that I'm aware of it. 
but I I guess I I know how smart the people are who make CNCs that I'm thinking, oh, they're they're making it so it's dummy proof and that there's no way to do these things until I have made it bump into its uh like limits before it's even hit its limit switches. And that's where I guess I I keep having this hesitation to do things or have I done it correctly. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. You, I'll also say you never get over that. Um, like, <laughs> yeah. I'll periodically get my vacuum hose like stuck on the machine, like wrap Constantly. around it. Yeah. Um, just yesterday, I accidentally left a small circular saw on the uh, the tabletop, and I jogged oh forward, God, and it crashed the uh, the gantry. Oh my god! Little <laughs> things like that, you know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that one might be a little unique. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was cutting down a larger piece of plywood, and I just put the saw down, put the wood away. Went to jog the CNC, and, you know, the order of operations was a little off there. <laughs> hey, but that's what you get for having such a large, awesome CNC, right? That that's you, true. You're able to put a circular saw down on the material that you're about to cut out. So, so yeah. <laughs> that is pretty awesome. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Awesome. So, well, we're coming down to the time we were saying. I don't know if you guys had anything else you wanted to close off with, but I, I mean... I, I'm I'm about to go design this new Dow thing. It's like driving me nuts. <laughs> I'm gonna spend the weekend. <laughs> I I keep having a vision. Like I almost want to just send you my idea real quickly of yeah, how it. simple it is. So that's where I'm like I might jump on. Um, I'm trying to teach the students on Shape. It's like a cloud based yep. 3D modeler. So I might just go on there to throw out my idea. Be like, this is what I was thinking. If this helps you at all, go ahead and hey, try you it. You could have a make my day uh, invented uh, jig. <laughs> yeah. That'd be sweet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Growing the business. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Okay. Um, and then, Winston, do you want to do a resolution of something that needs to be thrown away, or is that for later? I will take a grocery bag and fill one grocery bag oh, with wow. things to throw out of my garage. That is mm. a lot of things. Okay. I mean, yeah, but you think about it like a couple cans of like spray paint that are way past their time that takes up half the bag. Yeah. All right. So one grocery Even scrap bag wood, too. Like, is, okay. Yeah. Scrap wood yeah. cans? Okay. I could do that. Yeah. <laughs> George, I saw, didn't you have the one where you're like, do I throw this away or not? <laughs> sure. <laughs> i hate throwing away like hardwoods that i can turn into a pen one day but i'll never do it but it's like this would be the perfect pen plank let me just keep it for no reason so it's so funny you say that because that's what i keep like here right on my desk right next to me i'm inside my house i literally have pieces of wood i think it's mahogany so i'm like dude i could do something wood yeah i gotta i gotta cnc something on there if it's like a nameplate or whatever but yeah, I, I um I have visions for every single piece of scrap that I'm like, no, one day. And one that's day. where I keep thinking that the CNC, this is good practice, that I'm not really going out there and buying anything. It's like all the scrap wood that I do have is, I, I don't know if you guys saw, like I, I did get double-sided tape, so I'm not being nice. really sketchy and using duct tape like I was last time and screws to just hold it in place. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I have like legit double-sided tape. I had a small scrap board, which I had questions about that, but I'm sure I can figure it out. Because um, with the MDF that I want to put on there, I had made it just a little too big. Um, so mm-hmm. the piece that I had, I was like, oh, I'm able to kind of get this to work and like lock it in place. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm just like looking around like this should be a good size. So then when I make my program and I'm talking now about how all oh, the origin and 
um, stuff, I really should probably make it easier for myself to say, oh, I have a, you know, 10 inch by 12 inch piece of plywood. I think it's, you know, over here is where I'm seeing the Z or the origin. And now I just need to kind of like zero the height and do all that. Like just do it the normal way first. And then I can get more into, hey, I have a scrap piece and I can be cheap and creative with the scrap wood instead of kind of starting almost backwards and making it harder on myself. Mm -hmm. Do I really know where the origin is on this triangular shaped piece? Um, I think I am kind of making it a little trickier on myself. So we'll see. Hmm. (laughs) Yeah, but not to totally derail our conversation (laughs) at the end, but I'm going back to one grocery bag. I'm pretty sure I still have one of those plastic bags at home since Jersey has uh, banned those things. Oh, right? yeah. yeah. I used there to have a huge stash bags. of them. And slowly but surely, my bathroom trash cans have eaten them. I'll give you like <laughs> two or three handfuls of stuff because I probably can't find a bag either, right? Right, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Got to go get one of the reusable bags to then... Yeah, <laughs> throw away a reusable. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, it's been fun talking, guys. We'll catch up again in like two weeks. Yeah, sounds good. Sounds good. Yeah. See you. Bye.